Uh, hi. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Luke Who's Watching podcast. Uh, so I, f- I think last time, did I say what I was going to watch last time? I cannot remember. I think, look, on my spreadsheet, Breakfast at Tiffany's was uh, today's episode, but I haven't watched it. I've watched something else, so I'm going to talk about that instead. So I think moving forward, I won't announce what I'm going to be watching in the next episode, because I think I've done it a couple of times, and I've not actually pulled through. So last week, just to give you a little bit of a story, last week I house sat for somebody, and while I was there, um, I was like, what, what am I going to watch? What am I going to watch? So I hopped on... Um, Netflix skimmed through, nothing really there took me, and I had a, so then I got onto SBS On Demand, and I watched a show, a lighthouse show, <laughs> um, which was uh, quite interesting, because lighthouses are very interesting buildings, um, but we're not here to talk about that, and then I got onto ABC iView, and I searched up Mystery Road, and I watched that. Now, what Mystery Road is, is, well, the Mystery Road franchise, if I can use that term. It started off as a movie. I think it was about 2013. Um, There was a movie called Mystery Road. And yeah, 2013, there was a movie called Mystery Road. And then in 2013, and let me see, 16, Bob looks. Yep, 2016. There was a second movie called Goldstone, which is a bit of a, you know, uh, spin-off. And then in 2018, a spin-off TV series started. And there has been two series of the um, series, both... Uh, consisting of six episodes and run time for each episode being about you know 50 minutes or so um, and those shows were on the ABC now for context ABC here in Australia is a non-commercial network they're government funded so there's no commercials uh, all ads as a result. So if you watch an hour show on ABC, it is usually, you know, that long. Uh, it is usually sort of, you know, 50 minutes, 55 minutes or so. And then this year in August, they did a spin-off of the TV series called Mystery Road Origin. And that is... Uh, follows our main character um, in the early part of their, um, yeah, life. Now, Mystery Road, what is Mystery Road? I should answer that. Oh, and also, so I'm going to be mainly just sort of, I'm not going to be talking about any episode or specific, I'm not going to be talking about the films because I've actually not seen them. So I'm just going to talk about muse a little bit about the the tv series especially the first two series uh, which i watched just last week now i didn't take any notes or anything so i do apologize for that but i thought oh i i watched it 
um, and it is a good series. So I think it's it's not completely ridiculous for it to be something for me to talk about. And for astute listeners out there, um, look, I am quite honestly, I'm not a hundred percent sure where you can watch it. Let me just see. But if you have a um, if you have a VPN, um, you know, I'm I'm sure. Uh, okay, so it's on it's on Apple TV, uh, it's on YouTube um, TV, what do they call it? Google Play Movies and TV um, seems to be on there for you to watch. Uh, or of course, you know, if you have Stan, it is uh, it's on Stan. And if you're somebody who is um, savvy enough, and you have a VPN, for example, maybe you could hop onto the ABC iView. Uh, website that's uh, iview.abc.net.au and you can probably uh, figure out a way and you can watch it on there now mystery road what it is um, it follows character uh, jay swan and he's an aboriginal or an indigenous um, detective and he goes around he gets sort of called in or drafted into remote communities to solve crimes so the first series for example um they the the local cop uh is um you know he he has to solve uh what's the the, the mystery you know of what has happened to two two boys or two workers on a cattle station they just find their vehicle abandoned so jay comes in and works on that that case series two um i believe a decapitated body is found so jay comes into this remote community and works on that case to try and solve it now the character of actually, I'll go through who um, some of the, the cast in both the, the the two series are. So we've got Aaron Pedersen, he plays uh, Detective Jay Swan. Tasma Walton, uh, he uh, sorry, she plays Mary Swan, uh, who is Jay's ex-wife. Uh, Judy Davis, she plays the local sergeant in the first series. Uh, Deborah Mailman is in it. Jada Alberts, uh, she plays the uh, constable in the second series that Jay sort of takes under his wing a little bit. Um, you know, Gary Sweet uh, makes an appearance. Mark Mitchinson, he is in the uh, first series as well. Uh, sorry, the second series, he's like the local um, sergeant. A lot of people. Um, now, where's that? Oh, yeah, Ernie Dingo, he's in it. Um, yeah, a lot of good. Uh, John Waters, yeah, a lot of good sort of uh, Australian actors. And also a lot of good um, young uh, Aboriginal uh, or in, Indigenous um, talent as well. Like... Uh, Tazia Zala, if I've got that right. Uh, she plays Siobhan, and she's in the first and the second series. And she's quite good, and she's, you know, a young, um, uh, you know, Aboriginal woman uh, who plays, you know, interesting 
uh, an interesting character in in both the two series. Now, in Origins, because this is set in 1999, we have Mark Coles Smith, who plays young Jay Swan. Uh, Steve Bisley, he's like the local sergeant. Uh, now, if anybody out there has ever seen... Um, if anybody out there has ever seen uh, Rake, the Australian series Rake, I know there was an American series of Rake, which was, I don't think it lasted that long, but Caroline Brazier, she plays Geraldine. Now, if you've ever seen Rake, she's Rake's ex-wife. And when I was watching it, I was like, hey, it's Mrs. Rake. And then I was like, so do you reckon this is bef- you know, before she met Rake? And that sort of stuff. Going through the timeline, I thought it would be funny. Geraldine somehow managed to end up marrying Rake or Cleaver, I should say, um, in in Rake. Uh, and uh, Grace Chow, she plays Cindy. She's one of the local cops as well. Now, something I found interesting. Um, and uh, Tully Narkle, she plays young uh, Mary. I hope I've pronounced all those names right. I sincerely apologise if I haven't. But something um, interesting. I found that in the three series, so in the first series, when Jay, he's at the local station, and there's only three three coppers there. So Judy Davis, she plays Emma James, she's the local sergeant, uh, and then she has two constables. Now, one of the two is a Indian uh, person. So I thought, okay, it's interesting, yep. Now, when we get to series two... All there is at the station, the local station, is Jada Albert. She plays Fran uh, Davis, so she's just a constable, and she's a, an Aboriginal lady, or an Indigenous lady. And Mark Mitchinson, who plays Owen, he is the sergeant. He's the sergeant there. And okay, once again, you know, the local station ha- it has some, uh, you know, diversity, if I could say that. Um, you know, because they have uh, Fran being the local sort of, you know, the uh, indigenous copper. Now, when we also get to season three, uh, sorry, the uh, yeah, season three being the origin series. Now, if I remember correctly, so we've got, of course, Jay, uh, Mark Coles Smith, who plays young Jay. Um, he's, you know, just a, a regular copper. At, I think, near the end, maybe series, sort, uh, sorry, episode four um or five he is sort of um uh he becomes detective um but in the in the first uh, half three quarters of a series you know he he's just a regular uniform copper now we have um Steve Bisley, who is the local sergeant he's the sergeant at the station uh grace chow she is a constable and there's another lady as well whom is a um constable now you know a bit more staffed they've got four coppers on on the on the books at this station but once again a bit of cultural sort of diversity with um with uh, uh cindy being a Chinese, uh, well, Asian, of Asian descent. I shouldn't assume that she's Chinese. But, um, you know, once again, some some um, diversity, if I could use that terminology, with the 
local force. So, you know, in season one, you've got the local station has um, the Indian copper. Season two, you know, we've got, I can't remember his name, which is awful. Season two, you know, we have Fran, who is, uh, you know, she's a local girl and she's uh, indigenous. And then the third season of the, the, the spin-off, uh, we have, um, you know, the Chinese, or the, the Asian um, woman who's, you know, local cop. So I thought it was very interesting that in the three season, you know, Jay isn't the only one who is, you know, what words can I use? But, you know, she, sorry, he is not the only person who ha- is, you know, he's not a white cop. He's not the, and, you know, he's, he's not the only one who isn't, you know, a blasé white copper, if I could say that. Now, um, so as I said, I won't get into the the stuff, episodes or any particular series too in depth, but I think I just want to talk about it in general terms. Um, so each series has six uh, episodes. Now, I've got to say, one thing, when I was watching it, one thing I most definitely got out of it was how remote some of these communities are because, you know, there would be nice... It's The production of this is quite good, you know, with some very great shots, some very great cinematography. Um, actually, in all three, uh, Mystery Road Origins included. When, but most definitely when I was watching it, I thought, wow, this is... How remote, right, are... Uh, are these places because you know in in the second series there's a scene where mary and um whoops let me see mary and siobhan are driving they're going out of town and they're going to a roadhouse oh the roadhouse has got a great shot as well but i'll get to that but they're driving to a roadhouse and they're just on this road, just flat road, and there's fuck all around them. Like there's just nothing, no trees, nothing. Just on this flat road, it's a two lane road, no other traffic, no scenery, nothing. It's just flat with a road on it. That's it. And you know, there's some other shots too. Um, and also, actually, later on in a, probably the same episode, I'd have to say it's the same episode, Jay drives to where they were going. And there's a really nice, like, time lapse of him travelling through the night. So the camera, you know, is on the side of the car. And it's a nice time lapse going through the night. You know, you see the beautiful stars, you see the, the, the red... Um, you say sunset and the uh, sunrise and but it's just there's nothing there's nothing there and I thought wow it would be completely astonishing living in one of these places completely just it would be something else. It would, it would be an absolute experience, that is for sure. I'd be very interested, I think, to go to a, quite a remote location. A friend of mine has recently moved to Alice Springs. And 
you know, a wonderfully get in touch uh, if you're listening to this. But I wonder if they have similar sort of feelings of isolation or remoteness where they are living simply because of, you know, the remoteness of the community, you know, not isolated because they are, say, by themselves or, uh, you know, something like that, but uh, isolated as in where the community as a whole is located and what there is and isn't um, around it. But it, I, thought, I sort of thought, wow, it's like completely extreme. You know, the population of Australia is really mainly on the um, east coast, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, really, and everywhere else, especially central Australia and sort of northern, well, probably the whole of Western Australia, except Perth, is sparse, just absolutely um, nothing, empty, remote. And I also got a very, got a little bit of a understanding of, in, in the second series, when they find the, they go to a crime scene and they're checking it out and Jay says, Oh, forensics, like we're going to get forensics here or something. And I thought, mate, you're in the middle of nowhere. Like a, like a team are going to have to fly in from the local, like from the next biggest town. Like if he's in Western Australia, like remote northern Western Australia, forensics would probably have to come from, I would have to assume Broome would have to be the biggest uh, populist area in northern sort of Western Australia. So I thought, yeah, sure, mate, get forensics in, right? You know, you, you can't just call up fucking CSI uh, Horatio to come, uh, you know, because, uh, yeah, they have to have to get to where you're getting and it's going to take them, like, you know, a day. To, well, they, they would fly there, but, yeah, it's completely, uh, I was just like, wow. And I also, you know, the, the vehicles that they use for the local um, coppers as well. So the first series, for example, you know, um, Judy Davis as, as Emma James, uh, she she drives a um, Toyota Parado, uh, Land Cruiser Parado. I guess I had one problem. I had one problem with it. It had a creamy camely colour interior. And I thought... With the red dirt out in uh, sort of outback Australia, you've got to have surely you've got to have a black interior. You've got to have a black interior, um, and also you know the local coppers have a Hilux as well, four drive Hilux. And in the second series, you know Fran, uh, who's the uh, you know the copper, the mains. Well, she's actually besides the sergeant, she's the only other cop uh, besides old uh, Owen by uh, Mark Mitchinson. She's the only other cop. Owen drives a Commodore, which I was surprised with. I thought it's a two-wheel drive car, sedan, maybe not a great choice. But Fran drives a Land Cruiser uh, troop carrier. <laughs> you know, we've it's got obviously must be a you know got the typical sort of pov pack um, steel wheels on it and such. But uh, she drives one of them around, 
you know, like it's, a, it's an appropriate vehicle, but like they're appropriate vehicles, but you don't see them. Well, I was going to say you don't see them where I live. Well, you know, I, you do see occasionally where I live a Parado and probably have seen a Hilux, but you know, you most definitely don't see a troop carrier, a Land Cruiser, as a as a police vehicle where where I live. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's sort of you're watching you're like, but I guess they're typical vehicles so of what rural Australia has. But just being somebody who doesn't live there, has never been there, you sort of think, yeah, okay, yeah, I suppose they would, yeah, that's it's on brand, it's on brand. Um, yeah, so the, the crime, uh, the crimes and things, you know, take place over, um, you know, sort of a whole series. And it's a little, you know, it's a slow burn. You get a bit of revelation and then things start to escalate and then it all, it all kicks off and all happens. Now, I might just sort of touch on the genre uh, briefly. The genres, I would have to say, of these, this series of of mystery road now it it is very much a uh it's a if you've ever seen i would say it's how can, how can i word this it's a bit like you know you ever seen the clint eastwood spaghetti westerns for a few dollars more um those sorts of um the good the bad the ugly and such you know jay is sort of i think you could you could probably say he's a bit like clint eastwood Maybe in in those films, you know, he he doesn't really say anything. Um, he's quite present, you know. He he's most of only man a few words, uh, a little bit of a gunslinger, you know. He does wear a white, uh, you know, cowboy hat. You know, he has jeans on, boots, that sort of stuff. Sleeves rolled up. Um, but then he's also probably a little bit of Dirty Harry in there. Um, I wouldn't particularly say that he shoots first and asks questions later, but Dirty Harry, you know, Harry Callahan probably doesn't, he doesn't really have much trust in at least upper management of the, the, the force. And Jay doesn't really have much trust um, with with sort of the, the upper management. Now, in in the first series, he doesn't really. He and Judy Davis sort of team up to solve the case. Now it takes a while for him to, and I don't really think he has full trust in her even at the end. But it takes him a while to, you know, he will go and investigate and not tell anybody. And she'll be saying, well, you know, if you ask me about this, I could have told you, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he doesn't really say anything. So he's very much a man of few words. Now, I think we sort of, we, we, we get to understand why that is the case when you watch the Origin series and how, you know, you most definitely could say he doesn't really have much trust for his superiors, or at least in these remote uh, stations um, by sort of how the story unfolds in in that stuff uh, sorry in that in that series which is quite um, you know interesting but 
Yeah, Jay's a he's an interesting character, and um, you know he he's in an interesting position as well, and he's sort of also you could probably say somewhat isolated because you know the local community, you know the local indigenous community don't really trust him, or he's not one of them because he's a copper, right? But then the local cops don't really trust him because you know, he's not one of them because he's indigenous so that's an interesting place or an interesting thing for jay to be in and i think um you know for example in the first well in the first series the local one of the local coppers uh during the station and the two constables are having a conversation. So there's the Indian guy and there's the, the fat. Well, he's not fat. Well, he's a bit thick, but, you know, there's the, the other constable there. He's just a generic white dude. And the generic white dude's like, oh, you know, how did he become a detective? You know, he's only become became a detective because, you know, um, because he's indigenous. Um, I don't think he quite worded it that well, but he was sort of saying, you know, he's only become, they only promoted him or he only became detective because he's aboriginal sort of thing now they're having this or he's having this this waffle and uh let me see crystal uh, sorry madeline madden who plays crystal swan jay's uh, jay mary's daughter uh, she comes into the station and she's just standing there at the at the desk and she's here here's this guy crap on and um yeah, they notice her there, and the Indian uh, copper says, "Can we help you?" And she says, oh, "I'm here to s- want to see Detective Swan. He's my dad." And <laughs> quite, co- I'll have to say, I was—I thought it was pretty funny. The Indian copper's like, "Oh well, um, Constable, you know, so and so can can uh, look after that. Uh, can help you with that." And he just walks off. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, beautiful, beautiful, uh, really great sort of move. And also Judy Davis, I mean, she's quite a diligent or quite a good, um, she plays her character quite well. And she also pulls off a couple of boss moves as well when she's dealing with Jay. So it was a situation where Crystal gets arrested and um, so it is, you know, there's a bit of a conversation. Who's going to talk to her, blah, blah, blah. Is she involved in this crime? How, what's her involvement in this investigation we're running, blah, blah, blah. So um, the one of the constables says, well, she will only talk to you, Sarge, sort of thing. So Emma uh, James, or Judy Davis, she goes into the interview room and she's there with um, young uh, Crystal. Uh, Crystal Swan, and there is, of course, there's the classic mirror, the classic two-way mirror. So she's stand, so Jay is then standing on the other side of the mirror, uh, you know, looking into the interview room, and um, she, so Judy Davis, also Emma, Sergeant Emma James, Senior Sergeant Emma James, says to Crystal. Come and sit on the other side. What did she say? Oh, so the light's better. Now, 
She knows Jay is watching through the window of a mirror. So what she does is she gets Crystal to sit on the other side of the table. So Crystal's back is facing Jay. So he can't, you know, try and lip read or anything like that. And when I watched it, I thought, that is, and that, that's a boss move. Like, that's a great, um, yeah. <laughs> I thought that's, a, that's an absolute boss move. Um, there. And, um, yeah, so it's like little things like that. Judy Davis, she's, she's quite good. Uh, you know, Fran Davis as well in the second series, uh, it's the local cop. She's, you know, she's quite good too. And she, um, and she, uh, you know, she, she, she's quite capable. Um, not really sure how long she's been on the force for. She's still a constable, but I mean, given, I feel that these, some of these remote cop, um, these remote stations, you either stay there because it's like a job for life or you get in and you get a little bit of experience and then you move to the city or something to try and maybe go up the ladder. Because, you know, so for example, Emma, James, she's going to be the sergeant at her station until she retires. And also the same with Owen, who in the second series, he's the sergeant at the station. Now, Fran's not going to become sergeant until he leaves, until like he retires. So she's going to be there who knows how long? And also, you know, a similar, really similar situation in the um, origin. You know, Steve Bisley, who plays Peter, who's the sergeant at that station, you know, nobody's going to become sergeant um, or really have any uh, uh, opportunity to get a promotion to sergeant until he retires. And, you know, you just, you're these communities, you become the sergeant, you stay there forever uh, until, you know, that's it. And you can really only be sergeant. Like, you can't, there's, there's no inspector. You can't go up any higher. They probably have a district, uh, like, commander-type situation. But, uh, yeah, it's... it's, it's um, wow, I've been talking for half an hour. My goodness. Um, yeah, so I'll get into, like, wrapping wrapping it all up. But... It's very, very good. You know, the cinematography is great. There's some really, really beautiful shots that really, um, you know, explore, that really showcase Australia, really showcase Outback Australia. And there's a really, there's one thing that happens, and I mentioned earlier about the scene where Mary and Siobhan are driving to, they're going to a roadhouse, and the road, it's just a flat road they're on, Oh, this is in, I believe, Series 2. This is a flat road they're on, and there is fuck all around, like absolutely nothing around. And um, so when they get... So what happens is some baddies after them. So Jay goes to the... to the, to the bat, So Mary and Siobhan are at the roadhouse, like a little motel. The baddies get there, find them, right? Next day, Jay turns up. So Jay, now we don't know this, but Jay asks, one of the baddies comes out of the reception area and Jay says, oh, is, uh, I think he says, the mother and a daughter came here. Can you tell me what room they're in? And the guy's like, oh, we can't really say that. So Jay shows him his badge and he's like, oh, in room six. 
right? So we know that the guy who told Jay this is one of the villains. So as Jay's, and it's a situation of you know something is going to happen. We know something's going to happen, but what is going to happen? So as Jay walks around to room six, it cuts between there's a sprinkler going on the on the grass. Or it's on a fence post and there's a sprinkler going, you know, on, uh, on probably keep dust down in the car park, but there's a sprinkler going. So we see the sprinkler, you know, like this, and then we cut to Jay. We just sort of see his... Um, it's not a full body shot. I think it's sort of maybe from his his torso down, and we see him. You know, we see we see him walking past. You know, like room number three, and then we cut back to the um, we cut back to the sprinkler. You know, like that, and then you know we cut back to Jay, and he's you know he's at number four, back to the sprinkler, back to Jay. He's at number five. You know, and then I think you know the, the sprinkler's like you know doing the um bit and then you know he's at number six and it's like what's what's going to happen and it's that it's that the suspenseful build-up sort of you know i was watching it and i thought you know you you know something's going to happen but i thought the build-up and the cut between you know him walking past the rooms going past room four Room five, you know, room three, he gets to room six, and then we're just, you know, we're seeing the sprinkler do it, you know, and then when it gets to six, it's like back around to, you know, the start and like that. And I, I thought the the cutting between those two scenes, between that that build up to him getting to that the sixth room, really quite good, if I'm honest. Does that really good? Um, really good suspense but um yeah i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna wrap it up um i've been talking for nearly 35 minutes and i haven't really talked about anything specifically right but mystery road i will say ernie dingo in the first series um he's very good to me at least when I was younger, Ernie Dingo was just a guy who used to host a travel show. Uh, I can't. What was it called? Um, let me see. Ooh, um, he should be here. Like Ernie Dingo. He, old Keith Groves. Old Grovesy. He used to host a travel show. And now, what was it called? Was it called The Great Outdoors? It could have been that. Yes, it was. The Great Outdoors. 94 to 2007. Wow. Yep. The Great Outdoors. Like a travel show. Yeah, Ernie Dingo. I remember him being on that. And um, so I'd, I'd not actually seen him be in anything as, as a... Uh, character or acting in anything but yeah he he was in this and he was he's quite good uh, he's like the local sort of kingmaker if i could use that term in the town at least in regards to the indigenous folk but you know 
not to spoil anything, but it unravels. And just briefly, Gary Sweet in series two, he plays like a bit of a, uh, I don't know, arch rival. So he, he has an interesting character. Doesn't really lead to anything substantial, but <clears throat> excuse me, there is a scene where <laughs> he's on his property and a car turns up with people and he he puts this line out and I just, I thought it was amusing, but he's like, oh, um, he's like, oh, who are these fucking clowns? <laughs> I don't know why, but Gary Sweet, like he's quite gruff and he's like, you know, that sort of guy and he's got his Hawaiian shirt on with like a bloody white, you know, fedora or whatever. He's like, oh, he's fucking clowns and he says and it was quite funny. But um, yeah, Mystery Road, great. Um, you know, if you can... You know, there, are, there is a little bit of race stuff. You know, Jay gets called a, a coconut cop uh, and also a bung copper, I think, uh, a couple of times. But, um, you know, it's not too, like, deep in on sort of racist uh, sort of stuff. But, yeah, Mystery Road, um, if you can, I would suggest, you know, give give it a go. Um, even if you watch an episode, you know, you'd watch one episode, for example, for series, if you don't like it, you know, don't um, don't watch it. Simple as that. So I'm going to give Mystery Road. Oh, I'm going to give it. I'm going to get five toilet rolls. Yep, going to give it five. It's going. I'm going to give it a perfect score. I'm going to get five toilet rolls. The characters of like, Jay's a great character. Um, the production quality and some of the cinematography is absolutely superb and the ensemble cast through all of the three series is very good Um, and I haven't talked about the origin story really at all but you know Mark Cole, uh, Cole Smith you know he plays young Jay Swan absolutely um magnificently uh he does a really great job with that um one crit- and um you know young mary uh, in in that too she's very good uh, one thing i would say is i feel that in the second series tasma walton who plays mary i think she's better in the second series mary in the first series was a bit i don't know he was like, oh, fucking big Jay Swan. But, you know, in the second series, there was a little bit more to it. She had a bit more to her character. Um, if I could, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. But, yeah, I'm going to give I'm gonna give Mystery Road a, uh, a five. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to the films. I have not seen them. But in regards to the TV or the series, um, I think if, if you like westerns, because it really is sort of like a western. So if you like western sort of neo kind of noir um, stuff, I I think that you know detective shows and such. I really think that um, yeah, um, it is it is most definitely worth looking at. Um, yeah, so I, and there's a listener out there. Hopefully, they are listening, and that is Mark from Mark's Movie Reviews. I don't know why, but I 
I've, I've thought that this might be something that he would like. Um, he would he would probably enjoy. He would no doubt have an opinion on it. Uh, geez, that sounds like Mark's really opinionated. He's not. He's just got a great voice. And um, yeah, but uh, you know, if if you can have a look at it, if you can watch it, it may be difficult for some people who don't live in Australia. But I think if you have a VPN, you can you can uh, maybe find a way. But uh, you know, do some googling. There might be something on YouTube for you. You know, people do other video, other videos uh, hosting sites are available. So I, I'm sure there is a way for you to watch it if you want to, and then if you are also prepared to then look into how you can do that if you know, if you're not local. But uh, yeah, Mystery Road, really good. I think uh, I think it also it can showcase good how good some Australian TV and productions are as well. So it is a showcase for Australia and it is a showcase, I think, also for the local industry uh, here as well. Anyway, everybody, it's Mystery Road. Uh, five, I've decided to give it. Five toilet rolls, perfect score. And, um, yeah, I, I quite liked it. I actually thought the other day, maybe I should watch it again, uh, which actually I think I might do. I think I might do. It's, it's yeah, I really um, quite enjoyed it. Um yeah, so that's it, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. And, um, yeah, I will see you. Uh, sorry, you'll hear me in the uh, next episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye.